Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Carter Leadership Podcast. With me on the set today again, we have Charles and Ann Stock from Life Center, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome <laughs> back, guys. It's so, so good to have you guys back. Yeah, uh, again, so glad that all of you are tuned into this today. Again, we learned these small things, these small changes we can make in our lives in leadership that are caused massive differences and increase in helping other people. We're here to serve and see the body of Christ build. But I've got lots of questions from my friend Charles Nan. Fantastic time the first time you were on. Just want you guys to know that uh, we, we have encouraged so many people to be involved in, in your church, your Life Center. It's such a major church where you guys host conferences, just focus on the supernatural presence of God. We love it. And uh, thanks for your leadership and all that for both of you. I know you're a team together. Thank you. So are you ready for some questions? Sure. Here we go. Yeah. All right. First question I have for you today yeah. is this. Let's talk about team building. And this, I was, it's really two questions in one. What are some mistakes you made in the past? And then uh, talk to me about team building, and maybe they connect somehow. Who knows? Talk to me. Okay. How did we learn to build a team? It was always modeled for us. Like, we got saved in the Jesus movement. Sure. Um, the, the first church that we really worked in, I've only really been in two churches. One was this church for 10 years in California, and then right. the second was our experience here in Pennsylvania. But um, it was modeled both in the Jesus movement and then the fact that our church in Pennsylvania, became, we had a co-pastoring system. And uh, the, the senior pastor, the, the father, it was a father, son, and I was the, fa the outsider. I wasn't really the Holy Spirit, but people would say that. <laughs> father, son, and Charles oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so that it, it was modeled uh, because the father actually was kind of a type B personality and the son was a type A. And I thought I was a type B. I don't know what type I am, but um, it was just modeled. And so uh, when we came for 10 years, so for, we came to Pennsylvania and we ended up leading this very hierarchical structure uh, that, that was work called Word Fellowship, and we flattened it out. Just not uh, because we thought we were experts, but it right. was just partly temperament. You mm -hmm. know, like I'd rather do it with others. Sure. And... Uh, and so I think that's how it happened. And also, I would say we learned from the mistakes we made when we were young, even in California, okay. about mm -hmm. where we thought we were hotter stuff than we really were. Right, that, right. And didn't have this problem, but I, I would <laughs> occasionally in that area. And then we learned a lot from the, the way we were mistreated. Yeah. And because I think it's a temptation of young leaders to feel like, they're really important, yeah. you know, because yeah. we have this whole identity thing. You know, are you an mm -hmm. apostle, a prophet, a <laughs> teacher, a pastor, a, a, you know? And right. and really, I, 
we're all Christians, right. you know, exactly. and God gives us gifts, but they don't define who we are. Right. We're, and so we're lovers of Jesus. That's, who that's we are. it. And yeah. when we when we were so uh, you know kind of shocked by the way we were treated by a, a group that was our very friends, which I think was just sure. out of ignorance, not malice. It we learned a lot, and you know the fear was when God. I didn't care if I was ever in ministry again. I would have been happy sure. to build houses and just be a Christian, you right, know. Right. And but when we got put back in ministry, we had probably a, a internal fear of repeating, you know, the abuse. How sure. abused people become abusers, and by the grace of God, we didn't. We learned from Amen. those mistakes. We went out of our way, and so we made a lot of mistakes. You know, when, when we were in Pennsylvania, I was the senior leader, and I didn't know anybody. <laughs> um, and the, the culture of the church was shattered right. and full of distrust and was significantly different than my background. So I had, we had everything going against us. And location, Correct. location, location. We were in the hood with drive-by shootings. I remember. But some of my mistakes that I learned from were bad hires. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would say most of the people that I brought on initially. I just didn't know them that well. Some of them were giving me a sales job on themselves. I didn't right. realize it. I right. was very naive because I wasn't I wasn't very ambitious. Like I was ambitious to please the Lord but not to Correct. build my own empire. So I brought got some bad hires and then when you do that you have to fire people, you know, just be, yeah, they might use other Christian language right. words, but if it was a business, Re- you'd say you hire them. and you fire. You know? <laughs> and I was always too slow to when when it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Ah, I would agonize, spend a year, torture myself and everyone else mm-hmm. on the team that was waiting for me to deal with this right. uh, problem. And then we would always give people way too much money. <laughs> Yeah. for too long, you know, like a guilt offering when we would fire them. But over time, you know, it only took me about 15 years to learn, like, you know what, if it's not working, you can tell, and yeah. quick it's is okay. much less painful for right. everybody. Mm-hmm. And we learned, mm-hmm. you know, we, we learned how to assess and, and recognize mm-hmm. just because we like the person, they might not do what we were going to right. bring them into a role. And some of them were paid and unpaid, yeah. and they're also unpaid roles. But just the paid roles were particularly painful. And probably some of my hippie Jesus movement background, I, I, I remember I used to terrify my staff early on in Pennsylvania because I'd say, look, guys, getting a salary as a minister is actually evil because... If, you, if you're getting paid, then you might make decisions based on that you have a mortgage yeah. or based on things, rather than just on what's the pure will of God. I said, this would be a lot better if we could all just have income from someplace else and do this for free, which, right. of course, their eyes would get big and, is he gonna, <laughs> what's he going to do? I was just <laughs> philosophizing. Right, I wasn't right. Going to, but I was just saying, let's keep There's perspective. There's some truth in that. Though. Yeah, we, we <laughs> never want to make a decision right. based on trying to maintain our mm-hmm. income mm-hmm. or our image or our influence. We want it to be the will of God. So, you know? mm-hmm. so, um, so those were things I learned that took me 10 years. What about you, Anne? Did you learn anything over that time? Oh, my goodness. Are you the one I that didn't it. make the mistakes? It's, it's <laughs> yeah. made she made way fewer. <laughs> I'm, I'm more calculated. Are you? Mm-hmm. She is. 
Um, I mentioned a little bit in the last podcast of letting go sooner. Yeah. Um, we were loyal to our own detriment, mm-hmm. and it nearly destroyed us. Yeah. And I just had to learn it is okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's sometimes it's it's best for us to let go and release and leave. And then that I I added into our um, our congregants later. Mm-hmm. It's okay also for them to leave right. once we had to leave, and uh, right. they may um, be going to the next as well. Yeah. You guys are so healthy. Releasing leaders are hard to find. Mm-hmm. And the way you release people, and we try, truly try to do the same. We, you do that so well, and thank you for modeling that for the body of Christ. We always called it, Charles said, well, we, we won't let them go. We're going yeah. to plant them into we, their nets. Yeah. We ask them. Bless them. You know, we Can a, we, we bless ask you? Them, even when we have, we have like this induction yeah. class that we call... Mm-hmm. Uh, intro to life center or life center 101 or something like this but and and it's just three weeks we go through our prophetic history our values and Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff but we we say at that we say look you know of course you're all here you love it here we love you some of you got saved here and uh but we're here to equip you and so if there's a time where God doesn't use you here, and you're being called someplace else. Please let us know. Don't, don't just sneak away because right. we want to bless you because right. we want to sow you because we believe in <laughs> sowing and reaping. You know, so right. we want to send yeah. you out and yeah. believe that God, you know, will say, "Hey, good job! I'll send you more people to train and send." You know, that that's kind of been our attitude. Yeah. So the big things, if you want to build a team, is one you have to get rid of your insecurity right. and ego which run together you know pride fear and shame are all Mm -hmm. kind of a a terrible (laughs) little thing that works in the heart of man that are unredeemed um but so we learned honor is really important honor with what we say how we how we speak to people but also how we speak about people Mm -hmm. when no one's listening except god and the angels you know like it's just a discipline mm-hmm. to honor um, because what we're doing we're really speaking how God sees the situation mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. we're building our own faith love love is central and that gets expressed by kindness and loyalty exactly yeah it, it, that gives you permission to be real you right because mm-hmm. right then you can be real and just evaluate yeah not tiptoe around the right. elephant in the room. Right. Kind you, of, you guys do this, do this so well. What would you say to a younger leader who would ask you for advice on how to be a healthy leader? How do they say, how do they say healthy? What would you say? I would probably say stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, stay in the lane uh, that you uh, know you're you're good at. Don't right. try to get into the other lane. It's okay. Someone else That's can right. do that part. I think one of our great models for that was um, a the late Benny Johnson, mm-hmm. she stayed yeah. true to herself in every situation relating to her children. And um, she's just a, a hero because mm-hmm. she wasn't afraid to right. just really be Benny. So I'd right. say let yeah. Anne be Anne and let true. Charles be Charles and let each of us be Good. true to who we are. I like that. Mm-hmm. Charles, what about you? Yep, stay in love with Jesus and mm-hmm. and stay in love with the people around you, which right. of course there'll be people around you that are, are easy to love and there'll be people right. that are not easy Correct. to love. Right. 
Um, I, I would say don't settle. Like, don't... If, if my ambition is to be a pastor or a, a leader or a teacher or something, then when I'm doing that, I could settle and think like, well, I reached my goal. I guess I'll just retire now. And, right. it, and so coming out of the Jesus movement, I, go to, I went to this Assembly of God college, and I would meet kids. And I was like a year old in the Lord. Like I, right. I was not... Uh, you know, a, a church kid, but so I would meet these guys, and I say, "Hi, oh, what are you doing here?" Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the pastor of the largest youth movement in the world. You know, really? I'd find out he was from some big family in South Africa that had all this, you know, spiritual pedigree and yeah. stuff like that. And I'd meet people like that, and they would tell me what they were wow. going to do, <laughs> and they'd say, "Well, what are you called to?" You know, that was, the, and I remember getting this question. I go, "I just." follow Jesus you know, yeah, that was yeah. so simple but it, it but actually that's not settling for something smaller because any quote ministry that I see for myself is much smaller than than what Jesus wants to do right. in in the world so I'd say don't settle um, if I could encourage not everybody's a pioneer some are sure. settlers like they're called to to help people right. have whole lives, but don't settle in what you've already done. Right. And stay a pioneer in in personal growth, in learning, in uh, discovery. Agreed, agreed. Um, Anne already said it, mm-hmm. but we, you, there, we have to be willing to walk away mm-hmm. from our comfort zone. Because mm-hmm. I've not seen very many people be really promoted by God who, who stayed in their comfort zone, right. right? There's usually God calls us to things that we think we can't do. That's right. <laughs> that is true. Like, you hit it on it's the nail. a qualification. Yep. You, know, you know, God calls us to what you say, well, I, I'm going to fail at this, you know, and that's right. probably the thing that you'll you'll host the Lord in. in well, it requires know. faith. Yeah. That faith is impossible to please God. Yeah. So obviously we're walking in faith. Have you guys had um, coaches, mentors, Fathers, mothers, people who've spoken into your lives. I mean, have you had that? I mean, some leaders, and they say, we just never had that. And others yeah. say, yeah, we have. Has that helped you at all? Well, we. I wouldn't say we knew that we had it deliberately. I mean, there was a right. time when we were looking for that right. person. But th- this, my friend Steve Peters really discipled us, marked us for years. Lonnie Frisbee had a big mark on her life, and yeah. through all his ups and downs, right. he stayed in touch with us till he died, wow. and uh, and called us. He wanted me to come to his his deathbed, and I, I we had just moved, we were in a situation where I couldn't, and but um, here in Pennsylvania, I would say the person who's probably had the most impact on my life would be Joseph Garlington. We've okay. been. You know, he's Good. been a friend with us since the early 90s yeah. and a close friend. And 84 and still going strong. So and, that's... Yeah, I love that. He's man. been a father, a pastor. He um, introduces me sometimes as his best friend, which is always like, <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, it might just be that day. I'm not sure. But he, he's so relational. He and, is. Yeah, I love, and he love loves everybody he's with. But he's been a bishop yeah. and a pastor to yeah. us and Barbara as well. And then Che has been a friend. Yeah. Cheon has been an apostle and yeah. 
uh, a, just a good friend yeah. for many years. But we never really had either of us um, a specific mentor or someone no. who brought no. us through. We didn't even have uh, parents that were Christians. Right. So now we have to turn around and be mentors to people when That's we right. weren't exactly mentors, so it's all new territory for us. But I felt like I had mentors in each person. I would pick out their highest, mm-hmm. their best quality and say... I want to do that like Dawn. Mm-hmm. Oh, bring out that, that Jolene sure. part of me who could make someone feel comfortable in a difficult situation or if I needed to be a nurturer. Mm-hmm. I, so I just sort of was mentored by the best yeah. qualities of my friends. That's so good. I love what you said, even though you couldn't necessarily name people that they were your mentor, even though you drew from them, that you still became mentors and you've been doing that your whole life. Yeah. And that's so, you cast your bread upon the waters <laughs> that shall return, you know, and you've done that. Yeah done that so well. God bless you back. Uh, you can see the fruit in your lives from that. So what's changed in how you see leadership today compared to how you saw leadership when you were younger? I would say when I was younger, I thought leadership was about gifts and callings. Okay. And so, but it was, behind that was like a search for identity, you know, right, like not right. knowing how to define myself. It, we were deeply involved for a number of years in California with Gospel Outreach, Jim mm-hmm. Dirk, and, and that whole stream that were all yeah. fivefold. And so it, we would be invited to these uh, like eldership uh, retreats and to these apostle prophet gatherings. Yeah. And we, I, there would be the old prophets and apostles and all us young guys would be sitting yeah. on the outside. And, and Jim, Jim saw something in me that I didn't see. But... I would say a lot of that was driven by, you know, trying to define myself. Right. So, but after all these years, <laughs> I would say that leadership just, and I just want to set anyone free that's, that is in a crisis over that kind of what's my gift, what's my calling, that at the core leadership is really just doing life in front of a community that knows you. Good. Good. And being available, which is, I think this might be one of your books you wrote. I remember reading it, and I think you wrote it, on, on the people are looking for spiritual dads and moms. Yeah, the cry for spiritual fathers and mothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that right. was it. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the reality of, of real leadership right. is that you give people access to yourself and right. they see your your good days and your bad days. Right. and, and uh and you trust that God has exactly. called you into that role. Yeah, that's good. So, so, good. so what are things you wish you would have known when you started? <laughs> uh, I really would say this, that the love of God and, and his gifts and callings are relentless. Yes. I wish I had known that. You know, um, it, And I think maybe it's natural that you don't know that because you're striving to show yourself approved you know you're 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 going after this thing but i i would just say it it's so relentless um and in the recent years romans eight thirty one. what then shall we say to these things yeah. if god is for us who can be against us Correct. he who did not spare his son but mm. gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things mm. Well, that just is like that. That's really the question that measures our the maturity of our trust right. in the Lord. What do we say to these things? 
the the failure yeah. yeah and you know we often learn more from our failure we than do. we do from our mm-hmm. victories yeah, because we, we sometimes we over uh yeah. you know our victories keep make us happy and give us energy but we don't always learn much right <laughs> and uh that we learn so much yeah and knowing that in all these things god has given us more than enough yeah. everything we need and that failure and suffering is part of yeah. the package. Um, yeah, you got it. I, I'm often asked, you know, why did I write books? And I say two things. Number one, of course, there's a call from God to do it. But number one is I've been blessed by so many other people's books. You know, my favorite book outside the Bible, Charles Finney's Revival Lectures, you know, that big book, you know, I mean, all these yeah. books of yeah. men and women of God from the past. But I said, secondly, because we made so many mistakes. Yeah. I thought if we can help other people not make those same mistakes, <laughs> why it? not? You Isn't know? that it? How does that teamwork thing work for you? I mean, every couple's different, and we're all wired differently. And I love the way the two of you work together for years. People admire you for that. Uh, talk to me about how that works for you. Because you guys are a team. For me, it was um, about 35 years into our ministry. Um, or maybe 30, because uh, we've been uh, at this for 50 years. Right. Um, Charles let me know that he wasn't the kind of leader who was going to pause and say, and Anne, what do you think? He said, I'm just not going to do that. I am going to bulldoze ahead, and if you want to say something, and I want to hear it, you're going to have to interrupt, and it's going to have to be very clear and very loud. So once he gave me that freedom, he said, I want you to interrupt. So it was against my nature, but for the sake of good answers and the good things in the information I had, I had to learn to speak up. I had to learn to interrupt. And and everyone around me knew that I was not really wanting to do that, but that I was doing it for the sake of sake of others. So one of the interesting things that's transpired is now if I say, well, let's let's slow down and really think that sure. that through, uh, everyone stops and puts it on pause and says, wait a minute, Anne's jumping off this tractor right here, and we better pay attention. So um, in that sense, uh, they've seen a good batting average uh, with me, but I had to learn to speak up, and he had to he had to notice. He said, "I'm not going to be the person." It was self awareness. I'm not going to be the person who says, "And Anne, what do you have to say about all that?" He said, "No, I'm just going to keep going forward and going forward." So stand in front of me, make make interrupt. Which uh, so maybe there's some others who maybe uh, he's a very verbal person. I'm more of an internal processor, sure. so I had to learn to speak up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and he's happy. He's he happy that. for the yeah. things I say. Well, I just had. You to, guys are a great team. Yeah. I mean, you guys work so well together. I've seen you minister together. I mean, you do this so so well together. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Charles? How do you see that? Um, well, I think it's it really helps to navigate it if you have a sense of humor. You know, like yeah. I, I think so for every couple, it's probably different based on right. temperaments. And exactly. Yes. Some people are internal. Some people are external processors. But for me, you know, the fact that I had a sense of humor and I'm always willing to uh, be the joke. I, I just I had a mean older brother and he was a real blessing to me. I actually led him to the Lord before he went to heaven. But 
it it taught me to be a comedian. Sure. You know, it taught me to make lemonade out of lemons, out of lemons. and. Uh, and all his friends liked me and thought I was funny, which bothered him. You know? So, and I mean, just this is like boyhood dynamics. But I think it, because I can see the humor in something. So rather than being threatened by your wife speaking up in a meeting or something, which some people might go, "Why did you do that?" You know, or he you calms know, everyone terrible. down with his humor. Laugh mm-hmm. about it. I shout say, things from I the say, floor, you okay. know, and yeah. he's totally happy and makes jokes yeah. about it. Yeah, and it, and That's really, cool. like once in a hundred times when she's wrong, then I get to say, oh, "I don't do that," and everybody laughs because usually I do, you know. But it, but that's like that doing life in front of in public, you know. It's kind of like, exactly. and you're actually modeling something that sets people free mm-hmm. if you have humor about yourself mm-hmm. and you're not mean to other people or you need to grab control, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, so I'd say, and then, uh, you know, it's not very difficult because for most of our lives, and even to this day, we each work in our own sphere primarily. Right. You know, we're not, and I know some couples, they do everything together, right. like everything. Yeah. And uh, and it's awesome. This would drive us crazy if right. we did it because we're so different. You have a clear, keen understanding of who you are and how God wired you in each of you. And because of that, you can do it together in a way that honors the Lord and honors one another. I I think it's fantastic. It's really important that couples who are both leaders working together understand that. Yeah, that they have to work out. And then, um, but something that has changed, which Anne alluded to, is that in recent years, we share executive core team input. And mm. for much of our life, Anne was the mom, and sure. she was really involved in that. And then pretty much she did women's ministry, and she would do some teaching on topics that she was really great on. But I, I don't know how long ago you started, we started having, we call it our XO, you know, it's about, like a, a core about team. 12 years ago. 12 right. years ago, yeah. Which is a so small amount in. when you count 50. So right. Yeah. And uh, th- so that was a learning curve, you know, and I I basically, I welcomed her into that by by being quiet. Okay. And not, you, you know, because yeah. it was new and it was challenging to me because I was used to being in charge and right. saying, Here's where we're going. This is what we're doing. And, right. and say, so, well, I think we should think about that. And so actually the rest of the team <laughs> enjoyed that. <laughs> so that was, uh, but anyway, so we've, we've worked that out. And, uh, and I think by m- we make room, we honor, we defer. You do. And you yeah. do that so well. Yeah. Charles, you wrote the book, Glow in the Dark. Yeah. Why should someone read this book? Living in God's creative energy and supernatural joy. Why should someone read this book? Well, I, one is that we're all called to shine. You know, this right. is like uh, Philippians. He says we shine like stars exactly. in the darkness of night. And by, you know, that we show we're, we're the light of the world. So glowing is our nature and we're in a dark world. So that's the title. I love but, the way in the back of the book you're glowing. I like that. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes, it's hilarious. Um, it's great. But the reason is because it acquaints you with the supernatural encounter yeah. realm with God, grounded in Scripture. Right. It, a lot of it's the story of how I came to the Lord, and then it's the lessons we had after the Lord. Yes. But they all 
I mean, the God deals with us all. And I just encourage anyone that you so haven't had encounters or you haven't learned how to, mm-hmm. to stay present in his presence or how to, you know, love the core of your being. Right, like there's, right. there's some practical things there, but there's a lot of fun stories yep. on the way. You know, great, great book. Yeah. Glow in the Dark, <laughs> Living in God's Creative Energy and Supernatural Joy by Charles Stock. Buy that on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Check out the show notes today and you can learn more about Charles and Ann Stock. You can learn about Life Center. I want to have you back one more time because there's one whole area we haven't touched. And that's the whole way you have learned to build a culture. That's a key truth that I I want our listeners to hear. And we'll talk about culture, how you've learned to build a culture, how that's important in a growing, healthy church. And it's going to help a lot of people. Guys, thank you for being on the podcast today. It's so good having you. Larry, we love you. It's just fun to be with you. (laughs) It's great being with you, man. We've had great times together in the past. It's great to catch up again. And uh, again, we'll see you next week. And remember what we do here? We learn the stories behind the stories. We learn those simple things we can learn in leadership. They're often small things. Now, if we obey Jesus and make those small changes, mm-hmm. we'll see massive changes happen, not only in our lives and our loved ones, but the lives of those whom we serve and in the lives that they serve. So God bless you, and we'll see you back here on the podcast next week. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com. 